When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, hey, where you been? Buckeye Talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to Buckeye Talk. This is It Before the Fiesta Bowl. Doug Maurice, Nathan Baird, Stephen Means. We did our big preview prediction pod on the 26th yesterday. Go look for that in your stream, wherever you find your podcasts. That's where we really delved into this game and said what we really think is going to happen. All three of us picked Ohio State. What we're going to do here, it's Friday afternoon. The day before the game, we got Dabo Sweeney and Ryan Day for a final half hour quickie news conference on Friday morning. We're going to look at the quarterback battle. We're going to dig into Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence. Steven is finishing a story he's going to write for Saturday morning about these guys who grew up very close to each other but have never faced each other like this. I want to start with Justin Fields because I do feel like we've been giving people a lot of Clemson information because you don't know Clemson as well. You know Ohio State. But I want mm-hmm. us to tell our loyal Buckeye Talk listeners, try the free text, cleveland.com slash OSU, what we really think Justin Fields is going to do in this game. Steven. We'll get to the injury. I don't want it to only be about the injury. Mm -hmm. But let's have a discussion where we pretty much think Justin Fields is going to be able to do what he wants to be able to do. He's obviously going to be affected to some minor degree, whatever. How is this guy going to play? He threw for 299 against Wisconsin. He threw Mm -hmm. for over 300 against Michigan. He did have moments in both those games where he was off for a time but then really made some throws when he needed to. What is your expectation for Saturday for Justin Fields? I know somebody, the last podcast, somebody asked a question about what was more likely between J.K. Dobbins getting 250 and Justin Fields getting 300, and we all kind of agree 300 is... He might go a little... I think he's capable... I don't know if it's going to happen just based on the game plan, but I think he's capable of getting close to 400 in a game like this. Like... Look, this is he, like the Trevor Lawrence Justin Fields rivalry. I think it's going to be a, it's gonna, it's a thing at least for another year at the college level. After tonight, regardless of what happens on Saturday, and they've only faced off once, and that was an Elite Eleven. And I talked to his his quarterback trainer Quincy Avery, and like I got a feel from that where he walked into that Elite Eleven camp 
it was it was the Trevor Lawrence show. Trevor Lawrence was the you know the prodigy, the thing that we all like, the future number one pick. All these different things, and for the first couple of days, it was the Trevor Lawrence show. But then Justin Fields kind of came in at the end and kind of stole the show, and he came into that entire event thinking everybody is so so in love with Trevor Lawrence. It's like I think I'm better than this guy, and I'm going to prove it at this camp. And he proved it. He won the whole thing, and he was the MVP. And then he proved it again, and he was Mr. Football in Georgia over Trevor Lawrence. So I think he'll never admit this publicly, but I think there's a part of him that's like that. I, I actually asked him this early in the season. Obviously, he wasn't going to give me a straight up answer about it, but I think there's a part of him that feels like the the major difference between he and Trevor Lawrence is Dabo Sweeney picked Trevor Lawrence over Kelly Bryant, and Kirby Smart picked Jake Fromm over him. And so there's not the Trevor Lawrence was able to play on a stage that that Justin Fields wasn't able to play on, and now he's here. And he wants to take full advantage of it. Do we have a sense, though? Do we think that, like, the shadow of Trevor Lawrence sort of has loomed over? And you were in Georgia. You talked to a lot of the people who know Justin Fields. Has Trevor Lawrence loomed over much of Justin Fields' career? I don't... I didn't get that impression when I was down there. And maybe he feels different about it internally. But some of this is out of his control, to some extent. He doesn't control um, the recruiting rankings. Um, He doesn't control... What to some extent he can't control what decision Kirby Smart makes and what kind of opportunity he gets to even compete for the job in a real way. Um, so th- there, there are things that it, it's it's difficult for him if he if he's looking at it from the right perspective. I will say though, the one thing that could be hanging out there, maybe if I'm trying to put myself in his mindset, is okay. Yes, in theory, Justin Fields has beaten Trevor Lawrence head to head in things that kind of don't matter in the same way that winning a football game at this level does. I mean, the the 11 on 11 thing or the elite 11 thing I should say or you know winning the vote of Mr. Football in Georgia, I'm not going to take those away from him, but it's very different than if you're on the field with him head to head and you beat him. That's that's a different thing. If you lead your team to a win over him. To me that is different than some of these other things that are based more on um, subjectivity. Well, no, that elite 11 like the win, the MVP is like the winner of the tournament. That's how they, they pick it. The quarterback who wins it is okay. the MVP. Right. Well, but still, I mean, I think it's it, it that's also getting thrown together in kind of an all star situation as opposed to you know this setting this this setting of you know you've led a team all year you're 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 it's your team and there's intangibles that are involved here and everything else that goes into it. I, I feel like that is maybe the one thing that could be sitting out there for him is like you know he hasn't had that opportunity yet that Trevor Lawrence got. This is his chance to have it. It just happens to be against Trevor Lawrence. To lay, I, I feel like people know this, but I think, Stephen, you brought this up the other day. And, and like I want to make sure people really, really know it. I guess this goes back to maybe 2000. It's the all-time 247 sports recruiting rankings. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the all-time ratings for the top quarterbacks from 2000 through 2020. So 20 years of this. Let's take a minute here because there's some names in here that are worth throwing out. And I want to I do this. Here we go. I'm going to read you in reverse order the top 40 quarterbacks recruits of the last 20 years. Okay? Marcus Vick is number 40. That's Michael Vick's brother. Yep. This is, Michael Vick was before that. Marcus Vick, Tyrod Taylor... Jameis Winston, Jeff Driscoll, Chance Mock, Garrett Gilbert, who's now the old Browns backup quarterback, Davis Mills, who's at Stanford now, JT Daniels at USC right now, 
Tim Tebow, Jeff Smoker, Chad Henney, Michigan guy, DJ Shockley, Christian Hackenberg from Penn State, Joe Maurer, who went on to play baseball for the Twins, Josh Rosen at UCLA, Anthony Morelli at Penn State's number 25, Chris Leak, the national champion Florida quarterback, 24, Max Brown, Kyle Allen, who played for the Panthers this year, Xavier Lee, Mitch Mustaine, number 20, Ryan Paralu, DJ Ugalele, who's the Clemson recruit in this class, Matt Stafford, Jacob Eason, Ryan Mallett, who was at Michigan and went to Arkansas, Ben Olson, Rhett Bomar, Shea Patterson is 12, Kyle Wright, Brody Croyle, Russell Shepard, Mark Sanchez is 8, Jimmy Clausen is 7, Matt Barkley is 6, Terrell Pryor is 5, Brock Berlin is 4. And the top three are Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, and Vince Young. So, like, we are talking... There were some names in there that missed. There were some names in there that you absolutely knew who they were. That's what this is. This is not just the two best quarterbacks in their class. These are two of the best quarterback prospects in, like, the history of recruiting rankings. 20 miles apart, head-to-head at every camp, compared to each other incessantly finally getting on the same field like it's such an obvious storyline but But it's all but like you also can't miss so much you can't underestimate this there are people when you are great in your field you are often defined by the other great person in your field thomas edison and nikola tesla it was in a movie. Well, I mean, and there's a, there's one where there's like two magicians who murder each other. They were defined by each other. That's a good movie. That's who Justin Fields and Trevor yeah, Lawrence are. Michigan head coaches who win a lot of games versus Ohio State head coaches yeah. who win more games, including beating Michigan. Yeah. I mean, like, ask Jim Harbaugh what it's like to be defined by somebody else that you go head-to-head with. That's what this is. And I do think, here's what I think this is. I do think it feels like just this is Justin Fields kind of trying to live up to the Trevor Lawrence hype. And I also think it's Trevor Lawrence trying to live up to his own hype from a year ago. That I think Trevor Lawrence is carrying some baggage of like he was so awesome as a freshman. They're both defined a little bit by how their freshman seasons went. Mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence had the perfect freshman season. Justin Fields had a weird freshman season that caused him to leave. And it might almost come down to... Jake Fromm was a little bit better than Kelly Bryant. Kelly Bryant was benchable and Jake Fromm wasn't. Kelly Bryant was was just quite just not quite good enough to be unbenchable. Right. And Jake Fromm was just barely over. Because they're both big time dudes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just just over that line. And that affected, as you said, you guys are talking about what's out of your hands. Lawrence and Fields both went into situations where they knew there were quarterbacks there. They willingly went there, and they said, I'm going to try to win the job. And and part of it is not just who you are, but what your competition was. And now, all the things that did happen, we wind up back here, and Lawrence has a ring and Fields doesn't. And that has to be something that Justin Fields wants to prove to the world. Sure, and, and, and not just that... It's not just that he had a ring. I mean, he had a whole season. I mean, he got to be the quarterback in a way that Justin Fields didn't. He was the package. He was like the exotic 
that that Georgia used, and it, you know they they found a way to try to use at least part of his talents, but they didn't utilize him fully. And that is one of the things that I came away with. Multiple people down in Georgia, and and I'm not talking about. I wasn't talking to um, you know people inside the the Bulldogs program by any means. I'm just talking about people up in Kennesaw who knew Justin Fields. The predominant feeling is that they he just didn't really get an opportunity to go in there and compete. I think that and and I and I I do wonder if if he had had the chance to go in there and he what he thought and his family thought was fully compete for that job, if he would still be there. Because I don't think that he ever really saw it as like being a fair competition. He and thought if, it was going in, and then he got there, and it wasn't. And if you don't think it's going to change. Correct. That's like, it, yeah. like why it didn't happen last year, What? why would it happen this year? Right. Like the guy's still there. From right. still from. But at the same time, that's a decision that Justin Fields and his family made. They had... Plenty of offers from other really, really, really good schools, and you know this wasn't uh, Georgia just throwing a bone to the hometown kid. Obviously, he was the number two recruit in the country and the number three quarterback recruit of all time, going back to whatever year you said those started. So, you know, he made that choice going in. It didn't work out, but I do think that that it, there probably is a little bit of a chip on his shoulder still, especially because of watching the way Trevor Lawrence then got to just take off. I'm reading this story. <clears throat> From a Georgia website, Dog Nation. It's from three years ago. Here's the lead. When Kirby Smart was hired at Georgia, he made five-star quarterback Trevor Lawrence a priority in the first few days after he got the job. Smart was already recruiting the nation's number one prospect for the class of 2018 shortly after he was hired. That was at a time when he had yet to speak with or meet several committed prospects in the class of 2016. That was time well spent. The five-star quarterback is a special player, but it will not yield the result Georgia fans hope for. Lawrence committed to Clemson. Like, that was, that's fascinating about this, too, of like, we, I, you know, Brett Venables here was talking about, well, Clemson's looking at both these guys yeah. and trying to figure out. George is looking at both these guys. Justin Fields is initially committed to Penn State. He winds up at Georgia. Georgia wants Trevor Lawrence. They lose him out of state to Clemson. There's a lot of things where, like, again, there's a lot of stuff both these guys could control. There's a lot they couldn't control. Everybody, like, everybody wanted them to different degrees, you know, Justin kind of liked Penn State and, and sort of, sort of took a run at that, and then then thought, no, I don't want to do that. But they they they've been dancing in the same dance hall f- for years, mm-hmm. but without ever. But now it's the West Side Story. Well, but to some extent, there's a there's a great Saturday Night Live sketch. Do you ever see that with the Norm Macdonald as like the one guy in the gang who doesn't know about the singing and dancing? Oh. <laughs> It's fantastic if people want to go find it. Um, but the one thing that, that where, where it is a little bit different is they weren't always on kind of that same play. They weren't always like these head-to-head prospects because Justin Fields' prospect star started rising later. Uh, Trevor Lawrence was already a known commodity kind of nationally a little bit before Justin Fields. Justin Fields was getting some early offers, and uh, some of them were more you know, Ivy League and Northwestern and places like that. And then he grew. He got up to 6'3", and people were like, oh, now this is what you are. And all of a sudden, now it's Florida State, Alabama, Clemson, you know, Nick Saban's landing in a helicopter on the baseball field and stuff. So that has also been a little bit of, I think, a chip on Justin Fields' shoulder was that 
the attention came a little bit later for him. He really had yep. to kind of fight to make his name on on a national stage a little bit. Um, and it, it, it's a site. It's part of that psyche that is, has has been there for him really from the beginning. I think we talk about things like toughness in terms of it being a physical thing, but for him, I think he's a really mentally tough guy too. And I think some of those experiences kind of helped, as I wrote about and, and other people I think have written about, it helped kind of mold that. This Dog Nation story to continue this from three years ago. <clears throat> After Lawrence commits to Clemson, they write, What comes next? That leaves Georgia the flexibility to chase the rest of the top passers across the South in 2018. Georgia recently sent out an offer to dual-threat QB Justin Fields of Harrison High in Cobb County. Fields went to a Georgia game shortly before the offer, but chose to recently commit to a Penn State program that had recruited him heavy and steady throughout his junior season. That's the price an elite program pays to woo a talent like Lawrence. Clemson had only given out one committable offer to a quarterback in 2018. That was the one Lawrence accepted on Thursday night. So, like, Georgia was kind of in on Lawrence. Yeah. Lawrence picks Clemson. Fields is like, well, if you're going after Lawrence, I'm going to Penn Second State. Choice. Now he like, I get well, there's yeah, just this, a lot of psychological stuff here. Well, as I wrote about back at the time of the Penn State game, if Joe Moorhead had not been they, the fa- if the Fields family didn't correctly assume that he was out the door pretty soon that Justin Fields might have been playing quarterback for Penn State this year you know what this kind of reminds me of to kind of like to go into another sports analogy but like kind of like relates to Ohio State because they got one of the guys Greg Oden and Kevin Durant mm-hmm. Greg Oden, Ohio State so there's your there's your how I related to Ohio State Kevin Durant was constantly number two Great. In, the, in every single ranking you can find, it was Greg Oden number one, Kevin Durant was number two. And it got to the point where in, like, I think 2010, like, Kevin Durant sat down with, like, 60 minutes in an interview and basically was like, I'm sick of being number two, yada, yada, I'm done with this, yada, yada, yada. Two years later, he wins the MVP. So for the first, like, it, he was number two behind Greg Oden, and he's number two behind LeBron. He's constantly number two. Well, in this situation, Justin Fields is Kevin Durant, and, like, Trevor Lawrence is Greg Oden, but without the injuries and all that other stuff that's happened. Where, where it's like, they're both two guys where it's like they're, duh, in the moment of like, yeah, they're going to be really good players one day. But it's like, but this is number one and this is number two, clearly. And to that point, Justin Fields was the second choice for Georgia, for, for Georgia in, in, in hindsight. Like, they wanted Trevor Lawrence first. Then he goes to Georgia and he's the second choice as far as quarterbacks. He's QB two. So he transfers and all, he's second in everybody's mind again behind Trevor Lawrence because of everything Trevor Lawrence did, which is deserved. And so now this is his opportunity to like, I'm not second behind this guy anymore. Even in the all-time rankings, he's behind Trevor Lawrence. It's Vince Young, Trevor Lawrence, um, and then it's Justin Fields. So it's, he's, he's that's constantly. never going to change. Some of those things no, are not, never going to change. No, it's not. But it's just the fact that like he's constantly behind one guy all the time. And like that, that you're as a competitor, that plays a role in the things. Can I also say both have tremendous hair? <laughs> Very different. My, my daughter really thinks Justin Fields is quite a good-looking young man. I have, <laughs> she follows him on Instagram. He is a good-looking young man. But they both have... I, Justin always looks like... He just looks... Like, Josh Perry always just looked good when he came out. Yeah. Like, Justin just has, like, a way about him. You know, like, he just, like, has a look. I looks think- really good. Trevor Lawrence, some people, you know, love the hair. Some people don't. He's sunshine. But it's a look. You from, know, he's sunshine from Remember the Titans, literally. Yeah. I think I think the loser this game should have to adopt the other one's hairstyle for the next three. That would be great. No, no, no. The loser shaves their head. 
No, 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 How no. That's not that nearly as that's not nearly as fun as if yeah. Justin Fields has to wear Trevor Lawrence hair or Trevor Lawrence has to wear let's, Justin Fields. Let's hair. do one of those hair swaps. We can uh, work on <laughs> somebody, that story. Somebody, one of our readers out there, I'm sure, can Photoshop that together. Let me ask you this, listeners. <clears throat> not right really. now. Right now, if you evaluated, because Joe Burrow took college football by storm this year, obviously. So Joe Burrow is is QB one in college football right now. Mm-hmm. But if you evaluated just these two guys head-to-head and you just thought, like, college football people who know, not just, like, fan perception of, like, what's talked about or whatever. Like, people who know. Do you think Justin Fields is viewed as behind Trevor Lawrence right now? No. Justin Fields finished third in the Heisman voting. He had 747 points. Trevor Lawrence was seventh in the Heisman voting. He had 88 points. Um with the way this season unfolded, that Trevor Lawrence did have the slow start, that Justin Fields came in and was on it from the start, that Trevor Lawrence threw eight picks in the first half of the season, Justin Fields has thrown one the whole year. How do you think... It, I mean, it, it definitely felt like at the beginning of the year, you, I mean, of course, Trevor Lawrence is the defending national champion. One of them is a true freshman. Justin Fields hasn't played. But he certainly made up some ground. And if you said, like, right now, who is better to people who would know, who would have an idea? Maybe not film people necessarily, but just smart college football fans and people. Who's better? I think both of them would get votes, right? Yeah. Uh, I think yeah. so, yeah. I think the one thing... So I, I think just based on, you know, the fa- the Heisman voting, any number of other metrics, I think, you know, I, I, I think Fields would get a lot of support. I do think two things. Number one, there are people who would say, well, there are still some technical things that Justin Fields needs to work on, but Trevor Lawrence has played a whole entire season in a full way that Justin Fields didn't get to play, and that we can't, especially at that age, you can't deny what a difference that can make. And number two, it depends on how much you put stake in just winning as a quarterback because there is a little bit of a king of the mountain scenario here where Trevor Lawrence is still the undefeated defending national champion quarterback until somebody knocks him off. It's hard to say that you have maybe supplanted him. I don't know that I subscribe to that. I probably look at it more as an individual competition based on skill. But if that's a factor in your um, assessment, then Justin Fields has to beat him head to head in order to to kind of take that mantle. I think Justin Fields is the new shiny thing, and Trevor Lawrence got to be the new shiny thing last year. And that's right. That's it's part of why, like the slow start, but also, hey, dude, we just watched you look like the number one pick in the NFL draft in two years. Why don't you look like the NFL draft pick? So if Justin Fields next season throws four picks in the first four games, we're going to be going, dude, you threw one pick last year. You're, you regress. So I think that's what it is. It's just right now one's the shiny thing. It, it, it feels like, you know, if it's, if, it's a, if it's a race, you know, coming out of the gate, Trevor Lawrence took a lead in year one. And in year two, Justin Fields has been catching up. And it yeah. feels like whoever wins this game is going to move ahead going into year three. I think so. But they're going to be pretty close entering year three, and I think everybody believes in again. It's going to be really interesting if Tua comes back at Alabama or not. But but if Tua's back, it's those three guys are the story of college football going into next season. If Tua goes pro, then it's Lawrence and Fields because, again, they they are such elite-level dudes. I wouldn't be surprised that the winner of this game is probably going to be the mock draft number one pick. I mean, it's just because of like recency, especially bias and all that. And I do think it's interesting in in evaluating them. And again, it's a a lot of stuff is just perception of what you think you think when you don't really know. Yeah. 
But even Ohio State people would say this. It's funny. I do think some Ohio State people had an idea because of the way Georgia used Justin Fields last year. Hey, this guy's kind of a runner. They kind of used him as a runner. Yeah. He's not. No. He slings it. Yeah. He puts balls on guys' hands. 40 to 1 touchdown to interception ratio. George, Justin Fields slings it. When, when we hear. And then Trevor Lawrence is 6'6. Six, six. You think he's a pocket passer. And these Ohio State defensive players right. watching film, their number one thing is. This dude can run. Yeah. They are both guys who can do both. Who can put it right where they want, accuracy wise, with arm strength, but who also can escape the pocket and throw on the move. They really are really rather similar in that they are everything. Yeah, and when we when we hear comparisons to Justin Fields with NFL players, it's never like it's not Michael Vick who actually had a pretty strong arm too. It's not. Tim Tebow or something like that, where you think of them as almost exclusively a run and you try to get some passing out of them. It's big-armed guys. It's Cam Newton. It's Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you know, uh, Lamar Jackson has obviously come up a little bit this year. Now that he's um, – it's kind of weird to say he's had a breakthrough since he already won a Heisman. But, I mean, an NFL breakthrough to a, to a, a huge degree. So um, that's what I think is the most intriguing thing about Justin Fields to me as a prospect is to, like, look ahead – Two years, you know, when this guy's a rookie, or three or four years when he's a second or third year player in the NFL, and what kind of passing numbers he can be putting up with NFL protection, with NFL talent around him, I think it could be really, really interesting. Steven, I want you to, to explain the thing, what Quincy told you about some comparisons here, but just real quickly, as a point of information, <clears throat> excuse me, Justin Fields, 6'3, 223. Trevor Lawrence is 6'6. Six six J K L six six two twenty. So I will similar, say it was a, it was similar Im- weight. It was impressive going to Clemson practice and just kind of because you, unlike Ohio State practice, it kept this kind of pinned away. Where I was able to walk between like from here to that lamp and watch Trevor Lawrence throw, and he's 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 a tall dude. Yeah. He's um, really like a wiry. But like not a wiry like a what am I trying to say like a taut like sinewy lanky sinewy long yeah yeah and lanky yeah like they but look like I don't they don't look like they play football they long and like lanky long obviously. and lanky but you could tell that it's like solid like yeah. it's it's very in a way that like Justin Fields Justin Fields has a little bit of that but it's definitely more solid like yep. more stout so very different they are different physically in a lot of ways what's the comparisons here so Quincy Avery a quarterback trainer who trains. Justin Fields, he's trained Dwayne Hoskins, Deshaun Watson. He's training uh, recent Ohio State commit C.J. Stroud as well and a whole little of other guys. He said Justin Fields, like Cam Newton, but better arm talent. And he said Trevor Lawrence, a more talented overall Matthew Stafford. Which, okay, that's pretty interesting. I can see, like like you, you named Cam Newton as one of the people. I don't know if he's, like Justin is as big as Cam Newton is. But like I see, what, like the physical tools that Cam Newton has with a better throwing arm. I, I think Justin has a more natural throwing motion. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. but a lot of the, the other name, stuff, I agree. Yeah. The name that we said early this year, and then every time I think about it, it makes so much more sense as Aaron Rodgers yep. to me. That just makes a lot of and sense. And Justin Fields says that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I think there's a lot of it. But again, it's it's it's. Um, and Aaron Rodgers is six <clears> two, <throat> and uh, I can't find the way. But he's six two, like six two two twenty five. And, but yeah, the same. I mean, there's a reason. That when we read those quarterback recruiting rankings, that these guys were as ranked as high as they were. Because even, I mean, and when you think about it, again, Terrell Pryor's in that top five. Yeah. Vince Young is number one. 
I don't think Vince Young, either Vince Young or Terrell Pryor, threw it like these two guys. Vince Young and Terrell yeah. Pryor were much more just Freaks. super imposing athletes who absolutely could run. And yes, of course they could throw. But I don't think mechanically... No. Just the, the, the throwing motion, the accuracy. Terrell was not as accurate as these guys. Vince was more like a, he, oh my God, what's he going to yeah. do? But he wasn't going to stand back there and pick you apart. Both dynamic. But but that's the the thing of both these guys. is Again, I don't... The, what's their flaws? They're like, the, they really do it all. They're the epitome of what like you look at in the NFL and yeah. what success looks like in the NFL is. The 6'3", the 6'5", guys... Who are big and can take off when they need to, but they want to sit back there and they want to throw it. I mean, it really is. I mean, all the stuff that everybody sees. Lamar's a little bit smaller, but Patrick Mahomes, Carson Wentz, yeah. Deshaun Watson, like all these guys who Josh Allen, who come out and they can sling it, but they can get out of trouble. Yeah. But some of the comparisons that that have been made, and and if, this is again is an obvious thing. This comes up, I think, every time. When you have a talent advantage, I think you can sort of pick a defense apart sometimes. Mm. When the talent is equal, the broken plays, the things you can't account for, pop up. It's why everybody always says dual threat quarterbacks are what makes Nick Saban go crazy. Mm -hmm. Because Nick Saban has a plan, and then when a quarterback starts making plays on his own, you don't know what's going to happen. Brent Venables, the Clemson defensive coordinator, is dropping Lamar Jackson comparisons, talking about what Justin Fields can do out of the pocket. Tony Elliott, the Clemson offensive coordinator, is saying Trevor Lawrence is as good out of the pocket as anybody he's ever seen, and he's faster than Deshaun Watson. I will take Deshaun Watson every day of the week as a leader, a fighter, a competitor, smart, tough, strong, accurate, run, throw. I love Deshaun Watson then. I thought he would be great in the NFL. Drop him in any locker room. That guy has got it. And he's got it physically, emotionally, mentally. He's everything you want. He says Trevor Lawrence is faster. Plus Trevor Lawrence is a little bit taller. And I think he might sling it like a tiny bit better. Like, I don't think Trevor Lawrence is there. The thing about this is I don't think either of these guys are finished products. Yeah. When Ohio State faced Deshaun Watson, that was like peak finished product, third year Deshaun Watson, who they had given him the entire offense. Mm -hmm. He could run that thing from the line of scrimmage. Trevor Lawrence can't do that yet. He's only a second-year guy. I still feel like just it's a cliche. Justin Fields, I think, is just scratching the surface of this. Well, first year of the Ryan Day offense, I don't know where these guys are going to be next year. But part of this too is going to be because I don't think they're both they're not finished products. Then maybe both of them, both of their hundred percent game is super high. Maybe the winner of this game is which quarterback plays closer to his 100%. Because mm-hmm. you're younger, you haven't been... Trevor Lawrence has been through a little bit more than Justin, but you're not infallible. You're still learning your way. Maybe somebody throws a defensive look at you that you haven't seen before. If if it's, if it's Tre- if Justin Fields plays 95% as good as he can play and Trevor Lawrence plays 82% as good that as he can play, Ohio State wins. So, I mean, you force them into mistakes. There's a look you never realize. I didn't see that linebacker. They they hid something. There's some, you know, somebody gets pressure and you try to do too much or whatever. But they're both, I they're both not, I don't think neither of them is where they are going to be even a year from now, which I, I hope we see this thing again next year. 
which we might. Yeah. We deserve, I'm going to be honest, like, I'm just going to say, we deserve the national championship game next year of Clinton, Ohio State. Wouldn't it be great? And I'm trying to think, and, like, I, and I don't I'm even sorry. know, like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I mean, it's like, of course, you go to, like, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, right? You go to, like, these, yeah. when you are, again, being defined by your, being in the same era but as to be another this player. this linked to somebody. Who, what is the comparison in college football? Like, I'm trying to think, do we... I mean, this is only one game, and it might be the only game we get, and they're not in the same conference. Who, who knows what's going to happen? But, but have we? Is there another? Is there a comparison that leaps to mind where it was like, oh, these two quarterbacks? Like we've never. We've seen teams like we knew USC and Texas were going to meet. Like we knew that. Well, I don't know. If maybe we've seen. maybe like Peyton Manning and Ryan Leaf, like in the draft. Yeah, right? in draft. But even then, build like up. it wasn't right. like multiple. Like this is like they, I don't know. If, I don't think they ever played against. No, each other. so like. You've never, I don't think we've ever seen two quarterbacks this linked, where it's like from high school up. Yeah. I remember you know, there was kind of an RG3, Andrew Luck thing. Yeah, that's yeah, a way. good one. That's, that's a good, a good one. one. But even like, yeah, but those, yeah, that's a, yeah. That's so, a I mean, it, and it really, the, the, the Heisman battle, and again, I think we've all learned, it's like the Heisman thing, the Heisman thing can flip the yeah, last two days of the season. Or somebody so, random can come out of nowhere who's and just in go crazy the like Joe Burrow did. But going like, into a season doesn't actually matter. Because Joe Burrow wasn't anywhere, but but you can see what's possible um, with these two guys, and and I just think I, I think they're both going to play well. And again, the thing I think we brought it up in the in, in the past, I don't think the best stats necessarily win the game, right? I mean, I think I think I think they're both so equal that they certainly easily could cancel each other out. Mm-hmm. And again, it's that. Somebody's defense makes a play. Somebody's running back makes a play. That as much as this is so interesting and fun to talk about, I'm not sure that Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence will like determine the outcome because I think they're both going to be really good to the point that somebody else is going to have to determine the outcome. That yeah. Travis Etienne is better than J.K. Dobbins. Yeah. Or Chase Young it gets more pressure than anybody than Clemson defensive line does. Or that Jeff Okuda makes the kind of plays in the secondary that Clemson's secondary doesn't make. And that's what the difference is. Because I just think these guys are going to be... you know. And again, to think about it again, three years ago, Braxton... Not Braxton Miller. JT Barrett versus Deshaun Watson. I mean, it's not a... It was clear. It was Deshaun Watson. It's not a... It's not a I mean, even, <laughs> even... Who was saying it today? Was it Dabo saying it? That by, who? No. Kirk Herbstreit was saying it. By the end, three years ago, it was JT Barrett left, JT Barrett, Barrett right. Right. And it was like, well, how do you, now Ohio State has got this guy who fell from the sky like a freaking miracle. And that's part of this, like, Clemson gets a lot of credit because they turned what Deshaun Watson did help them lure Trevor Lawrence. Because Trevor Lawrence said, I'm the, I have a great option in state, but I'm going to Clemson. Look at what they do with quarterbacks. Yeah. Ohio State picked Tate Martell and Wound up with Justin Fields by the grace of the college football gods. Yeah. So, as as we've said before, I, I I think it's possible that Taj Boyd led to Deshaun Watson at Clemson, led to Trevor Lawrence. I think JT Barrett led to Justin Fields, and that Ohio State is like a quarterback behind. In the evolution of this, but also that they, Fields is their Watson, and Watson helped create Lawrence. Now, if Fields is their Watson, who does Fields <laughs> help create? Maybe it's CJ Stroud. <clears throat> CJ Stroud. Oh, maybe it's Jack Miller. Maybe it's Kyle <clears throat> McCord. But yeah. it's that you're stacking, right? Mm-hmm. You're stacking 
Great court. And Dwayne's in there too. It's just hard because Dwayne only started for one year. And it's, right. But so also some of this is like Ryan Day, man. That like that hire is what start what jump starts all of this. And, and it is, and that's the thing, and you have to be able to keep the scheme, the structure for the quarterbacks going. Clemson did that successfully. They yeah. lose Chad Morris. Tony Elliott and Jeff Scott keep that going. Ed Warner and Tim Beck didn't. Mm-hmm. That's why Ohio State's one quarterback evolution behind. Because yeah. they had a bump. Clemson didn't have the bump. Ryan Day reset it, got them back on track. Now, honestly, and again, it's what I thought Jim Harbaugh would do at Michigan and didn't. If you are a great quarterback, if you are a great high school quarterback, where do you want to go? Right now, I mean, it's like four or five schools I'm thinking about. Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia. Oklahoma. Oh, and Oklahoma. Oklahoma, yeah. yeah especially sure. if I'm a transfer. But, and again, that happens to be the five best programs <laughs> the that we've talked right about, now. as we've <laughs> said many times, on the, and everybody agrees with. I mean, everybody, you know. Herbie said the same thing again today. So it's just, but, but they're both in that mix, and it's part of the structure, but it's also part of the success of the individual guys. Because you know what you do a thousand... How many times do you think Clemson used the word Deshaun Watson when they're they're recruiting Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence and just pointing at Deshaun Watson a thousand times? There was a video of Deshaun Watson playing in the background as they sat in in Dabo Sweeney's office. Can you imagine how many times Ohio State is going to point to Justin Fields? Oh, yeah. And now now you see it again. And and I I was asking some people about this because there's this California recruiting thing. I still, it's on my list of things to do, but... Clemson goes to California. The three best quarterbacks, as we mentioned before, in California this year went to Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. State. Why is DJ Ugalele going to Clemson? Because of Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence. Why is CJ Stroud going to Ohio State? Because of Dwayne Haskins and Justin Fields. You build it and they come. And this is the culmination of it. And I do think it's like someone, the guy, they gave out gift baskets today. And the weird bull dude, bull reps. Bull reps are like a weird form of human life. I think bull reps might be robots. That might be. That might be legit. I would like to check their wiring. Welcome to our city. Here is a gift basket. They give the gift baskets. And the guy said, I think this might be the best Fiesta Bowl ever. Right? Mm -hmm. And Landis said, what about Oklahoma Boise State? Statue of Liberty. That, that guy who got married right after the game. Well, that, that was a yeah. good game. It wasn't necessarily yeah. the, the same was, kind of matchup going in. It was a cool in. moment at the end. I hope Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence, I hope the winning quarterback gets married right after the game. But, like, not to overstate it, and I actually think we've been good about this. Like, it's great. This is kind of special. It's and rare. This, yeah. It's kind of special, and it might be, who said, Jeff Hathley, you wrote it. Yeah. He said this is the future of the NFL. And what did he compare it to? Didn't he compare it to Magic and Bird? He did. 79 NCAA basketball game that in the moment people knew it. But did you know it to that extent? Did you know that Bird and Magic would define each other for a decade at the next level? He said, like, barring that they develop and they stay healthy. But yeah, like. And, And so I don't know. Exactly what everybody felt like in 1979. But 25 years from now, we might be looking back on this game. Somebody, you know what? 25 years from now, they pan out. I'm writing a book. Well, yeah, no, 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 no. Write stuff down. Write stuff down now. Keep notes. Hey, we'll keep keep all these. Keep okay. all these notes. Yeah. I mean, like, like, where were you? I, I hate on Saturday. You don't want to give in to hyperbole, but I think you can see sometimes pieces falling into place. That's where we might be with this. 
with guys who, again, go back, have a history. We've been waiting for this. It's the first time. Elite 11 is interesting. That's like the undercard. This is the first real thing. Where the but pu- it, general public gets to see it and not right. just like like rabid football fans who are really into recruiting. And it might be, it might be the first of many. It might yeah. be the first of many, which would be kind of cool. All right. That's going to do it. Make sure you listen. This is our fourth podcast of the week. We did 24th, 25th, 26th. Today is the 27th. The next podcast you'll hear from us will be post-game after the Fiesta Bowl. It is an 8 p.m. Eastern kickoff on Saturday, 6 p.m. here Mountain Time. We have a bunch of stories that we're going to have dropping Saturday morning at Cleveland.com. More stories up today on Friday. Make sure you're reading those. Try the free texts. Thanks to you guys for listening all week to the podcasts. We're going to go to lunch. For Nathan Baird and Stephen Means, I'm Doug Maurice, and that was Buckeye Talk. Mm-hmm.